So until now, uh, just a little uh, recap of what we've been doing so far, what we've done so far with, uh, with the practice. Um, we've brought our attention more fully into the body. And uh, we've explored the body, breath, or sound as an object of attention, yeah, or an anchor of attention. Yeah, it's been our primary object. Uh, maybe also to say with that, um, we offer this kind of choice um, because uh, different people at different times, different uh, objects are appropriate. But if you know there's something that's, that's uh, working for you, uh, stick with that. Yeah? So you don't need to spend every meditation session trying to figure out what's the one for me now. Yeah? So finding that balance between possibilities and simplicity. Yeah. If you know our sound is the thing or breath is the thing, just uh, just kind of go there uh, when you when you go into the meditation. So we've just explored bringing attention more fully, yeah. meeting them more fully, um, and then we've also opened to that possibility to uh, attune to the pleasant or the nourishing, or they're comfortable or they're okay. <laughs> good enough in our experience yeah. and even with the possibility of sometimes um, you know breathing in a way that maybe is more pleasant or listening in a way that kind of allows that okayness or that pleasantness or that well-being to be there yeah. and that possibility opens up um, as we started exploring in the talk last night, that we can uh, opens up the, po the the extra possibility of attending to our experience yeah? through the breath, the body, the way we listen. Yeah. So, for example, you know, there's restlessness, and can we breathe in a way that's soothing? Yeah. Or that opens up the space. So these are ways of attending. So hopefully we're starting to see how these pieces uh, fall into place. And that's quite a lot to be doing already. Yeah. So just to say, you know, we can just that. There's quite a lot of variation there. And at any time in our practice, yeah, the thing I said uh, a few moments ago around remembering, there's a range of possibilities but also keeping things simple. That can be a really helpful guideline. Really helpful guideline. So we can also say we're not looking for trouble. <laughs> yeah. So there may be all kinds of things that we suggest. And we're like, oh, that would be interesting. You know, there we go. Look for it. Yeah. We're not looking for trouble. At the same time, we're looking to cultivate um, a, a skill, a set of skills you know, of attending to our experience. Sometimes I call this, you know, the... Um, we have a tool kit or a tool belt. I like tool belts. Yeah, tool belt with lots of tools in it that we can take out when it's the appropriate situation. So it can be very fruitful to continue with this exploration. And if you feel like, you know, there's something that's working for you right now, yeah, then please continue with that. Yeah, please continue with that. Yeah? There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of uh, value in cultivating different skills and there's a lot of value in kind of uh, honing <laughs> the skills that we, we already have. I have a friend who's a musician and I remember, uh, it's actually my partner's, one of my partner child, childhood friends and we used to meet his mum in the street when they were still in the early twin 20s and we were like, oh, how's, you know, how's Laurie doing she used to say, oh, you know, Laurie, he's honing his skills <laughs> as a musician. And I just loved that. I used to love the way she said it. There was so much love and appreciation for that. But just the sense of, yeah, this honing of skill. Yeah? And if we think about musicians, artists, yeah? um, creators, yeah? it's like a lot of the honing of the skill is the, the repetition, the practice. Yeah? So can we maybe bring that sense to, to our own meditation practice of saying, ah, just like a musician practicing, yeah, we're also 
musicians. We're also uh, artists here in the room. Yeah. Meditation is an art form. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it's not a, a set of prescriptions that we just kind of, you do X and then you do Y and then you do Z and here's the result. Yeah. Yeah. Also has this aspect of like being like an experiment, but an experiment is also creative. Yeah, so we hone our skills, we give ourselves to the practice, we discover, you know, we experiment, we notice what happens when we do this, when we do that. It can be very fruitful to just keep honing your skills with something that's opening up for you or that feels, um, that feels um, interesting or vibrant or valuable. Yeah? Um, and then can... Equally, and I'm going to make some more suggestions today, and it can also feel like, oh yeah, this is something that's relevant to my experience and I want to try. Yeah, so always having that um, attitude towards the practice and the possibilities of it. And so yesterday uh, we explored and I spoke um, in part of the talk in the evening about this possibility of... Um, of opening to the pleasant aspects of our experience and kind of training our, our capacity to notice them, to stay with them, yeah? as a way of resourcing, as a way of balancing um, the habits of the mind towards noticing more negativity. And so this can be very, uh, yeah, very fruitful for us. We can also, alongside that, just have a little bit of a, of a light interest, yeah, to see, ah, and so there's the pleasant aspect of the range of experience, um, and there's the unpleasant, which we'll get to in a moment, and then there's the things in between, what is often called the neutral, yeah, and we can also just be, you know, lightly curious, how am I with the neutral, yeah, can I stay, can attention stay with something that's not uh, particularly uh, dramatic, yeah. which is most of our experience, by the way, <laughs> falls into that range. Yeah. And so this is part of what we're exploring when we work with um, relatively neutral objects like the breath or, or the soundscape, yeah, where there's a lot of this not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, not particularly kind of you know, dramatic yeah. or mesmerizing. Yeah. And so how are we with that? Yeah. And just be something interesting to notice. Um, what would make it more interesting for us? Yeah. Where's the interest coming from? Where could it come from? We can ask. And we can also explore, so that's one thing, and that's just a, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting, I'm putting it out there just, just so that maybe uh, there'll be interest and, and we know that's, an, that's something to notice and we can just, a little bit as a side note, just notice what happens to us in these more neutral times. Um, and then there's the unpleasant. <laughs> Finally, yeah. Now the unpleasant. Uh, and, and being interested, first of all, to notice how do we normally meet it? Yeah. What are our patterns around the unpleasant? Yeah. How do I usually meet it? Just be interested to, again, we, we learn from this. Yeah, we learn from this to see. And we can see across this range from the pleasant to the unpleasant uh, and everything in between, yeah, the neutral or the uneventful in between. Um, we're interested to see what's the habitual way of relating. Where does that lead? Yeah. So that... Yeah, that clenching around what is pleasant to some degree. Yeah, they're in that. Yeah. Or the pushing away of the unpleasant. Or the zoning out yeah, with what is neither unpleasant or pleasant in a particular way. Yeah, these are habitual ways of relating. And maybe we can see, as I put it in that way, we get a sense of where that leads. Yeah. These are modes of reactivity. But as we've been saying and exploring, you know, we can have some agency with ways of relating to experience. 
So what would be a different way? Yeah, and we've already been exploring that with the pleasant capacity to open to, to enjoy, to be with, with that open hand. Yeah? Not clenching, not grabbing. Yeah? Sometimes we say, welcome to, welcome to arise. Yeah. Welcome to be. Yeah. And welcome to go in your own time. Yeah. What a nice attitude. You imagine knocking on someone's door and they open the door and say, hi, you're welcome to appear. <laughs> you're welcome to be here. And you're also welcome to go yeah, in your own time. What a nice thing. Yeah. Can you feel how nice that is? <laughs> yeah. To receive something in that way, to also be received in that way. Yeah. It's a lot less clenching. And so remembering that possibility, yeah, whether we choose to just kind of stay with the simplicity of listening to sound or being with the breath or with the body, whether we choose to continue the exploration with the pleasant, yeah, opening to that, yeah, opening to it, opening to it, yeah, again and again, yeah, with an open palm, not clenching around, yeah, not holding on. Opening. Sometimes um, what we discover is actually that increases <laughs> the joy. Yeah? Increases the joy. I was just walking here from the, the teacher's wing, which is, you know, we have to, to pass through the outdoors on the way. Uh, and there's this delightful, very, very fine misty rain <laughs> at the moment. And just opening to enjoy that. Like, ah. Oh, yeah, you just open over that hand. It's so lovely. Yeah, so lovely without clenching. And there's also the possibility uh, today to uh, explore ways of being more skillful with the uh, unpleasant. And when I say unpleasant, we're including the the range from you know mild discomfort to more uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'll say a bit more about that in a, in, in a moment. And so the primary practice, and I'll keep repeating this, primary practice is to stay <laughs> with the object in attention. Yeah? Remember I said at the beginning, we don't go looking for trouble. So we don't, having human bodies, we do not need to look <laughs> for the unpleasant or the uncomfortable. It will come. Yeah? It will come. And you're, you're laughing because <laughs> I think that means you've met it, yeah? So we don't need to look for it, yeah? And at the same time, we're open to receive it when it arises, yeah? So that we can meet it skillfully. And so I'm going to define mindfulness in a particular way this morning, yeah? So mindfulness is being present, yeah? With what is unfolding in experience right now. And mindfulness is also remembering possibilities. Yeah? That's the mindfulness we'll be practicing today. The word sati in Pali, which is translated as mindfulness, the root of that word is the root of uh, remembering. Yeah? It's a really helpful way to understand mindfulness. It's remembering. Remembering there's a present moment. Remembering there's something happening in experience right now. Remembering experience right now is made up of object and way of relating. Yeah? Remembering possibilities. Yeah? How am I relating? What are the possibilities to meet this skillfully? And so we may be practicing here and the unpleasant, the uncomfortable will arise. Yeah? It might just be a tickle somewhere on the face or an itch. It might be uh, a discomfort that's... Um, been coming and going over the days here. And what we're interested in is to see how am I meeting this and can I make this skillful shift from modes of reactivity to modes of response. Yeah? That's what we want to see. And what we might be seeing when we just look at that experience, when there's something unpleasant, uh, the habitual mode of response is rejection and aversion. Yeah. I don't want this. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't want this. I need it to go away. Yeah, and it can have different degrees of 
escalation and intensity, yeah, this rejection, which is also quite an interesting insight in itself. Yeah? From just the kind of tiny whisper of unpleasant to I absolutely, you know, cannot stand this. Yeah? And then the bell rings and we start thinking about lunch. And we haven't even moved yet. Yeah? It's really interesting yeah, to see that. You know, something can feel absolutely unbearable. And yet, bell rings, and suddenly, it's not an issue anymore. Yeah. Why? Because there was pressure on the experience. Yeah. There was pressure. What's what? What changed when the bell rang? <laughs> the pressure. Yeah. Now I'm free to move. Doesn't matter so much. It could be quite interesting to see that. So sometimes, um, what we are actually experiencing. As the discomfort and the pain, and certainly the unbearability of it, yeah, is not the object, but the way of relating. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. in the Buddha's language, he used to call this the second arrow. Yeah. So he used this image of, you know, we get hit by an arrow. Yeah. It's a relevant image to their times. <laughs> less relevant to us nowadays, but anyway, get hit by an arrow. That means some discomfort or pain arises in the body. Our habitual response to that is to shoot another arrow at ourselves, yeah? which is both on a physical level, the body contracts and tenses yeah, around areas of pain. If you watch what happens in your body, you may be able to see this. Yeah? And again, nowadays, modern research shows that that is what happens. Yeah? It's an area of pain. You can feel it, you know, like you even see somebody else in pain when you go, you know, when you see somebody, I don't know, just cut themselves or, or hit their, uh, stub their toe, and we go, like that. Know that? What happens? It's a contraction. Yeah? It's a tensing. And that happens in our own body um, around that. And that can stay. It's not just a one moment of it. It can stay. It's as if the body's trying to protect itself by keeping that discomfort in one location, but actually aggravates, yeah, makes it worse. So this happens on a physical level, also happens on a psychological and mental level. Yeah, that pushing away, that rejection, yeah, is a form of second arrows. Yeah, I can't stand this, I don't want this, um, something wrong with me, my body, yeah. Second arrows make it make it worse. And so the build up of tension around tension. Yeah. So we can see um, physical discomfort. And we're just going to focus on the body today. Physical discomfort is, you know, what is it made up of? You know, it's made up of temperature, usually, heat or coolness. It's made up of tension, yeah? Yeah, vibration. Yeah, that's what it's made up of. Yeah. And we tend, in our habitual ways of responding to, to add tension to the tension. Yeah. And that's, you know, don't need to you know, it's not like if we have pain, it's our fault. <laughs> really important to make that distinction. It's not your fault. Yeah? This is very strong uh, habits yeah? that form this way. It just means that there's something we can do. That's the takeaway. So the experience of discomfort is shaped to some degree by the way of relating, just like any other um, experience. And it can also be interesting to see, just like I spoke of last night, the habitual way that we relate to discomfort often actually makes things more uncomfortable, not less. Yeah? So that's also interesting to, to see. And that can be a really a helpful uh, insight to have in the background as we explore. So how do we work with discomfort? Okay, this is all the background. Here's some possibilities of working with it. So the first step, and this is similar to the hindrances yesterday, yeah, is to recognize what is going on. Yeah. To recognize what is going on. Just say, ah, there's discomfort. Yeah. Or there's, you know, knee pain. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Or there's a tickle on my face. Yeah. Just recognize that's what's going on. And then to recognize how am I meeting this? Yeah. That's the second thing um, we're noticing. 
Yeah? How am I meeting this? And can I acknowledge it and allow it? Yeah? So we're relaxing the layers of um, rejection and contraction at the first available point of contact. Yeah? Okay, I'm rejecting this. That's okay. Yeah? Not adding more layer to that initially. More layers to that initially. Yeah? And noticing the contraction. Noticing how awareness, space, contracts around the unpleasant. We'll notice that as well. There's just this unpleasant sensation somewhere in the body. That's all I'm aware of right now. So the first step is acknowledging there's discomfort, acknowledging how I'm responding, how I'm reacting to it, yeah, how I'm relating to it in the moment. Yeah? And then seeing if we can just allow for one breath or three breaths, we can just allow that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We just allow it. Yeah? Just breathe with it. Yeah. We're not that gives us it, it relaxes the reactivity, it gives us a little bit of space. Yeah. And then we say, okay, I'm going to continue to breathe with this, yeah, and just to see what happens to the resistance when I allow it. What happens to the resistance when I breathe with it? Yeah, and I'm doing this with my hand because there can be a real sense of just breathing with this. Yeah. Breathing with this. And if you're using um, I'm going to give a lot of the examples are going to have breath in it, in them, but um, we can also use sound. So I might feel like the sound is uh, kind of resonating around that layer of resistance or around that um, experience of uh, discomfort. We can also, either with the breath or with the hearing, um, invite relaxation around the painful area. So not necessarily the pain itself, but we're inviting relaxation around the area of pain yeah, or discomfort. Does that make sense to people? Inviting that to, to relax. If we're working with the breath, we can include the breath in that. We can expand, yeah? Just like we, I was speaking of last night, we can expand the space of awareness. That really helps, yeah, because awareness will shrink around it, and that, yeah, increases the tension. Can expand the space of awareness to the whole body, or if we're working with sound, to further sounds. Yeah, space of awareness opens out, becomes bigger. The discomfort is just one thing within that big space. Yeah, when the space of awareness is small. That discomfort is everything. Yeah? Do you see the difference and how significant it is? And we might just need to keep doing that, keep stretching the awareness out, working with the body or the breath to the whole body. Now working with sound to further sounds. Expand it. And that is just one thing within that big space. It makes a big difference. We can, um, if... Uh, we're working with breath, we can imagine the breath coming in and out of the painful area. Or we can ma- imagine the sounds coming in and out of awareness in that painful area. Yeah, so we're using a little bit of imagination here. Yeah, but that can be really interesting to do. Yeah. So the breath coming in and out of a painful place. Yeah, or the sounds coming into the body. Yeah. So we're kind of letting go of anatomy here. Yeah. And I can hear some voices in your head saying, now the sound comes in through the ears, mate. The breath comes in through the mouth and nose. What are you talking about? We're exploring. We're being creative. Remember, we're artists. So we're just noticing how does that impact our experience if we imagine the sound coming in and out of the knee. That's aching. Or the breath coming in and out of the back. That's sore. What happens to the experience then? Okay. Three more possibilities, and I will just let tell you now they are written up on the notice board already. So, relief, you don't need to memorize. Okay, three more possibilities. Um, Sometimes we can bring uh, this attitude of kindness or of compassion to the 
a painful or uncomfortable place. If you're familiar with formal metta practice, you can bring that in. Uh, but if you're not, or uh, sometimes it works better anyway, you just hold that place of discomfort in tenderness, in compassion, um, in kindness, yeah, whatever uh, quality resonates with you. Yeah, and you might even just have a sense of you bathing it in that uh, kindness. Yeah, you're bathing it, you're massaging it, um, you're holding it in kindness and compassion and tenderness. So that's another uh, possibility. The next one, this is I think number five on my list, no, number six, um, is it may be that the more fruitful thing to do right now is not to focus on the discomfort and the pain, but actually to shift our attention to somewhere else in the body yeah, that feels okay, yeah, or to the soundscape. Yeah. So we shift. One of the reason we offer, reasons we offer sounds as an anchor for attention is, you know, if somebody is living with a lot of chronic pain, then the body can be quite a difficult place to bring attention to, right? That's what we're meeting. So we can use the sound, yeah? And the sound actually takes us to something else that is equally present, yeah? Equally available, yeah? Equally real, <laughs> yeah? And true. Uh, but it's not in pain right now. Yeah. So we can shift it to somewhere else like the sound, or if you're working with the body, you can shift it to somewhere else in the body uh, that is not uh, uncomfortable right now. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we say, you know, maybe it's one of the fingers, or maybe it's the earlobes, yeah, or maybe it's the inside of the elbows. You start having quite a lot of fun and paying attention to areas of the body that we never pay attention to. And they're usually, or at least some of them, might be feeling quite okay. Yeah. And so we can play with shifting the attention there and resting it there, and it get, will get pulled back. <laughs> yeah. Negativity bias, it will be get pulled back to the unpleasant, and we just bring it back, and we're cultivating really, really... Um, powerful skill, an important skill there uh, for our lives. So that's another possibility. And the seventh possibility is um, sometimes there's a discomfort in the body, there's contraction and tension in the body, and whatever we do, <laughs> the sense of struggle just keeps growing yeah, and amplifying, and it just becomes this battleground. Yeah. Me against the pain, yeah, battleground. And actually, as we do that, we can feel the tensions growing, yeah. So if that's what's happening, we recognize that. We may have tried a couple of things and seen that actually comes back to that and the tr struggle is just getting worse. And then what we do is we skillfully, attentively, and mindfully move, yeah. We move. We're allowed to do that, yeah. So, you know, the, the I don't know, the, the knee's really hurting, the back's really hurting, um, and it's just become this incredible struggle, yeah. And then we do the kind and wise thing, the compassionate and wise thing. We recognize, okay, this battle is just amping up. Need to release the pressure, and we move. Um, and that in itself can be a really interesting practice. Uh, what what can can I do that with intention, yeah? And can I keep that a thread of my intention, my attention, my mindfulness going, yeah? As I do that, and you know, you've already seen this about me. I like to play little games with myself. So, little game I play is what's the minimum <laughs> movement that needs to happen, yeah, in order to bring some uh, release. And relief, and sometimes it's very little, yeah, really so little that someone watching me from outside wouldn't see any movement. Sometimes it's so small, yeah, and sometimes it might be quite a lot. Yeah, we may need to move um, from one posture to another, you know, to stand up, yeah, or to to move from the floor to the chair. Yeah, sometimes we may need to do that. Yeah? 
And we include that in our practice. We include that in our practice. And the important thing to see that, yeah, there's seven different ways here to work with pain and discomfort. Um, But they all have something in common and all of them were changing the way of relating. From something that is... Uh, that we need to push up against. That's a problem. Yeah, that's getting in the way. That's, you know, we can say, uh, is our enemy. <laughs> yeah? To something that we can skillfully attend to. Yeah? yeah? And having some interest. Yeah? I keep reminding of the importance of interest. We're interested in this. Yeah? And that in itself can ease levels of contraction and really contribute to. Um, changing the perception of discomfort in self itself. So, it's a really long list. There's no way you'll remember all of these, and you don't have to. It wouldn't be useful. <laughs> so, it, it can be helpful to just pick a couple, yeah, and say, when there's pain or discomfort, I'm going to try these two, yeah. And we just try those two. Otherwise, we'll get into that struggle mode because we're just throwing seven different, six different techniques yeah, at this, uh, trying to get rid of it. So, yeah, helpful to just, uh, just choose one or two to work with and, and explore them. Um, also really helpful to remember, this, these are not techniques to get rid of physical discomfort. <laughs> yeah. The ways of attending to physical discomfort, they may result in less discomfort. Yeah? But that's not, the, um, not, the, not what we're trying to do. Yeah? It's not what we're trying to do. Uh, I call this deal-making. You know? I'll be kind to you so that you go away. Yeah? And you can see the subtle resistance and aversion there. Yeah? In there. So... Um, this will creep in, it's okay, we notice that as well, we can let go of that as well. We remember what we really are interested in is building our skills to attend skillfully to discomfort and in the bigger picture to be able to change habitual ways of relating. Yeah, that's the big picture of what we're doing. So we know we have a human body, some discomfort will arise. Yeah, it's unavoidable. Yeah, unavoidable. Some discomfort will arise, if not now, <laughs> yeah. um, when you get older, yeah, it will, yeah. it will, and so um, it will arise. So it's it's useful to know, yeah, there's ways of working with it and to cultivate them if we can with kind of mild things first, yeah, like anything that we learn to do, we start with the milder things, the less intense things, um, if we can. And we learn how to work with uh, the unpleasant aspects of our experience, if we can, through the body initially. Yeah? For most of us, the body is a less tricky arena yeah, than the emotional realms. Yeah? But what with the skills that we learn here, once we, we have um, kind of once we have them in our tool belt, uh, they can also be applied to, to other aspects of our lives. But we have to kind of proceed gradually with that. Yeah? have to proceed gradually with that. Yeah, so it's another, you know, the teachings of the Buddha are often referred to as the teachings of the middle way. It's a beautiful way to see it because we're constantly in these middle ways. And here's another one. Yeah, we want to look after our body. We want to attend and take care of it. Uh, We want to respond, yeah, and release unnecessary pain and discomfort. Um, And then we're aware that we could easily then fall into the, let's get rid of, let's get rid of this. Yeah, and so we keep coming back to that middle way, attending without deal-making, yeah? yeah, attending without deal-making or with softening the deal-making of that subtle aversion of, I want to get rid of you. Right, so that's the, the long explanation. Um, as I said, it's on the notice board. We'll do a short practice now, and um, I would suggest if you're interested in this, then uh, have a look later 
at the list of possibilities and just pick one or two um, that you uh, want to work with when discomfort arises. So if you need to uh, stand up or stretch any part of the body before we settle into practice, please do. Ooh, there's a big migration from the hall. Okay, we only have about 20 minutes in here, so when you're ready, you can settle into your posture. And as always, taking some time to settle into the posture. To make any adjustments that are needed so that the bodies are stable, and steady and supported as possible. Gathering and grounding the awareness in the body. Might be using the contact areas of the body and the seat, the body and the ground. sensations in a particular part of the body like the hands or the feet. And from that sense of grounding, of resting into the contact, gatheredness, just gently expanding the awareness through the body. Letting the awareness be wide through the whole body, and perhaps a little larger than the body. Within this expanded, expansive awareness, gently opening 
the appropriate anchor or object for your attention. Flow and movement of the breath or the body sensations, including this wide awareness. Or the flow and movement of sound known in the space of awareness. Tuning in to interest and kindness as we attend to the object in our attention. And if it's helpful, and tuning in in particular to any pleasant, comfortable, okay aspects, sensations in the body, in the breath, or in the hearing, in the sounds. So let's practice in this way for a little time.
So we keep attending to the object in attention, the breath, the body, the sound, whatever we've chosen. And if it's fruitful, tending to the pleasant, comfortable aspects of it in particular. And without looking for the unpleasant, the uncomfortable, just noticing if it arises. Can we explore different ways of relating to it? Can we recognize resistance? Can we allow discomfort to be there? Just for a breath or two. Can we open the awareness to the whole body? And allow that discomfort to be one appearance within a larger awareness. Can we play with how we breathe or how we listen to the sounds so that the breath or the sound comes in and out of the area of discomfort or the breath or the sound soothes and calms that area of discomfort. And one last suggestion for this time, can I hold, bathe this area of discomfort with compassion, with tenderness? They're just choosing one or two of these options. See what happens when we practice in this way.
So just a brief recap. Primary practice, continuing with the anchor object of attention. If you find it fruitful, tuning into the pleasant, comfortable, okay. When pain, discomfort, unpleasantness arise in the body experience, when they arise, not looking for them, then uh, exploring different ways of attending to that. And I'm not going to repeat all of them because that will take another half an hour. But um, just remembering those possibilities, if you want to do this, explore this practice, just go and look at the notice board and choose one or two that you're going to try out uh, and see what happens with that. But the most important thing is that attitude of interest and curiosity as we do this. So with the walking practice, um, it was lovely to hear yesterday for many of you really enjoying um, the, the walking. Um, and you know, today, slightly different conditions, yeah, but still very, um, very suitable for being outdoors. Um, and we can uh, really kind of have that sense of the possibility and of that um, continuity of practice that um, this movement from stillness practice in the hall to practicing with a moving body outside uh, allows. Yeah. Uh, so the continuity, um, the possibility. And I just want to say a few of the benefits of walking practice. Sometimes people ask me, why do we do that? <laughs> you know, why the benefits? So you've already noticed some for yourself. Um, a lot of insight comes in the walking. Yeah, there's something sometimes about the release of pressure, again, uh, that allows them to kind of, ooh, kind of appear uh, during walking practice. Um, there's also really interesting to see the different conditions. Yeah, so here in the hall, um, we're supported by each other. Yeah, and the sense, okay, there's going to be a bell at the end, and if I get up and move leave the hall in the middle, people are going to notice, and what are they going to think of me, or whatever it is that we (laughs) kind of flow into. So there's a sense of being here together. Then we kind of change that container. We go out, and it's a more individual practice, even though we're still supported by each other, and there's still a bell at the end. Um, It's more an individual practice. We can notice the different flavors of that. Um, We can see, part of why it's an insightful practice, we can see the way our mind responds. Oh, I'll just go and do that. Yeah. Tidy up my room. (laughs) Kind of things we would never, you know, want to do normally. Just go and tidy up my room. Oh, I'll just go and, you know, write that down. I'll just go and make another cup of tea even though I haven't finished this one. You know, whatever, you know. Like we just see the the way and we laugh. Really important to smile and laugh. Here's that, you know, we see the habits. It's really fruitful to see that. And we can rest back into the walking, into the intention, also into the support. You know, we might just look up and see others walking. That can be really supportive. Or we might feel by walking here, I'm a support to others. That's really supportive for our practice also. So we can have that sense um, of ah, the difference between when I'm seemingly more autonomous and when I'm not. Yeah, these are all fabrications of the mind, but you know they have an impact on us. Um, also, this movement between the stillness and the movement, the two different forms, uh, supports um, our, our kind of familiarity with the range of practice forms. Right, that practice doesn't happen just with eyes closed, sitting still. Yeah, it also happens walking, yeah, with more stimulation, yeah, with more contact with the world, and that kind of, ah, can take many forms, which is a really useful thing to uh, remember. So it may, uh, for some of us, it's very easeful, for others it may take more clarity of intention, yeah, and, and you know, that may also change at different times, and we just get to know ourselves in that territory and say, can we bring clarity of intention uh, without too much pressure? Yeah, another thing that we're we're learning how to how to do. Um, I mentioned this in one of the groups, but one of the things I find really helpful is at the beginning of a of my walking path. Yeah, I stand. Yeah, and I do that same thing that we do at the beginning of a sitting. 
I ground, I feel the grounding, feet on the earth. Yeah? And then I open up the awareness to the whole body. So this is also something that can be interesting for some of us, more helpful to have more specific um, object in attention in the walking, the, the contact of the feet on the ground and that movement, yeah? um, and the changing of sensations. For some of us, it might be a wider awareness within which the contact, the sensations of the feet are happening or we're just with the whole body moving. Yeah? So we can, um, we can explore what, what's helpful. Um, but in, in both cases, it may be helpful to begin with that wide body awareness and also to come back to it as many times as we need if we feel that we're starting to get uh, distracted or agitated. Just stand. And standing is, sometimes we call the standing posture, standing up for something. <laughs> so it's like standing up. Yeah. And that can really gather us. So we stand, we gather, we ground, feel the whole body. And I know for myself, sometimes I stand more than walk while I'm doing my walking practice. That's fine. Yeah? It's what's appropriate um, to what's happening uh, in the moment. Um, and we can continue to open to beauty. Yeah? So it can be the beauty of the body moving. Yeah? That is a beautiful thing. Yeah? beauty of the body moving as well as the beauty um, of the life around us. Yeah? Singing of the birds, um, the passing by of butterflies without trying to recognize what they are. <laughs> yeah? the, the kind of the trees, the, the rain, whatever's there. Yeah? Just opening to a sense of beauty with that which can be really, really nourishing um, for us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I feel in the hall there might be some tiredness here today. I'm trying to pick up, uh, and it might just be the tiredness, but also noticing clouds. Yeah, they impact us. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, so clouds, and there's a sense of like just the energy just goes a little bit low. Yeah? We're aware of that. Ah, open, yeah, open. Um, Acknowledge, allow, not fight it, but feel the energy that comes with that opening. And maybe just having the invitation to ourselves to enjoy, yeah? to enjoy the practice, to enjoy the beauty. Yeah? See what happens with that. So thank you for your practice and your listening. We will have um, optional questions in the hall here for those who wish to stay, um, you may have a question, you may just wish to listen, both are um, equally welcome. And for those who wish to uh, go out uh, and do some walking practice or sitting outside, you're really welcome to. We'll be back here at half past 11 for the next sitting. We'll just take a little pause to allow those that wish to leave to leave and then we'll open up for questions in here. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.